Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. What Happens in Vegas by Malibu Sunset on AO3. Rating Explicit. Chapter 2. The tiniest sliver of light is all Mulder can see when he opens his eyes. When seen in pain, he cradles his head in his hands and rolls over in the tight space. Where the fuck is he? His head is killing him and he fights back nausea. He remembers being in an elevator, headed up to Scully's room. He remembers the man in the pinstripe suit with the accent. But after that, he's at a loss. Son of a bitch must have cold cocked him. Which brings him back to, where the hell is he? Fumbling himself to a seated position, he ascertains from what little light he can make out that he's in some kind of supply closet, and it's small. He can't stretch his legs out without the soles of his shoes pressing against the opposite wall. He shifts around a little and mentally diagnoses himself fine, aside from a small goose egg on the left side of his head. That, and he has to pee like crazy. A quick feel to the inside of his jacket indicates that he is no longer in possession of his cell phone. Fuck. A thumb to the side of his digital watch casts an elfish green glow and numbers dance in front of his dizzy eyes. 9.48 p.m. It's only been about 50 minutes since he left the bar to go up to Scully's room. Whatever happened to him, he hasn't been out for long. He feels strange all over, like every nerve ending in his body is hypersensitive. He lifts a heavy hand to rub his face and then lets it fall limply to his side again. And then, without warning, his entire predicament suddenly seems unbearably, ludicrously funny, and Mulder's entire body begins to shake with uncontrollable laughter. Frohickey punches the down button outside the elevator door and crosses his arms to wait. Repeated calls to Mulder's cell phone went unanswered, but that isn't surprising with the noise levels in the casino. He hates to even think about how pissed Mulder will be when he finds out that Scully has, in fact, been drugged. Melvin can't help but feel responsible. They allured Scully to Vegas under false pretenses, and now look what's happened. She's safe, which is what really matters, but it's entirely possible that the same drug that did this to Scully is at least partially to blame for the fate of their murdered friend. All Frohickey can think about is finding Mulder, getting the antidote into Scully, and getting them all the hell out of Vegas tomorrow. His eyes travel the worn paisley carpeting near the edge of the elevator door as he waits, and suddenly something tiny, almost unnoticeable, catches his attention. Frohickey bends to retrieve one small seed, a sunflower seed. He scans the entire area for more, his respiration picking up just a little. It could be nothing, or it could be. His gaze catches on a small scattering of seeds three feet away, near the entrance to the stairwell, and as he moves closer, nudging them with the scuffed toe of his black boot, he's vaguely aware of the ding of the elevator doors opening behind him. A Hispanic woman in a blue housekeeping uniform pushes a cart of linens, holding the door open with her hand. Sir, you come? She asks in broken English. Frohiggy shakes his head, staring down at his finding on the carpet. 
Gracias. No, senorita. You go ahead. The elevator door closes and Melvin is once again alone in the hallway. He pushes his way into the stairwell and immediately sees dark scuff marks on the speckled tiles as if something heavy had been dragged across them. He follows a scuff mark down two flights to the fourth floor and around a corner where a small, inconspicuous door lies hidden beneath the stairs. For he stops short right outside the closet and listens closely. There's a sound coming from behind the door. It sounds like someone laughing. Shit. Frohiggy knows that laugh. He swears under his breath and starts working at the lock. Langley looks both ways down the hallway suspiciously before opening the door to allow them entry. Come on, come on, hurry up, complains Frohiggy. I got another one. Mulder shuffles in behind him, one arm slung haphazardly across Melvin's shoulder. What the starts Langley. No, no, not him, two-sized buyers. Crossing to give Frohickey a hand with Mulder. Where'd you find him? Off the fourth floor stairwell in a supply closet. He's pretty messed up. Frohickey and Byers help Mulder to the bed where he sits compliantly and grins up at them. Hey, guys, what's going on? When Mulder notices Scully sleeping on the bed next to him, his eyes brighten. He picks up her limp arm and drops it onto the mattress. Scully, hey, Scully, wake up. Look, everybody's here, and you're sleeping through the party. He flips her hand back and forth between his like it's detached from her body. Wake up, Scully. He snorts out a laugh. Is she all right, asks Frohickey. She's fine, assures Suzanne, who moves closer to inspect Mulder. She's been injected with the antidote. She just needs to sleep it off. I think we've got another taker here on that antidote. Is there enough? asks Frohickey. Suzanne is already ahead of him, preparing a needle. Mulder, who is still preoccupied with the process of lifting Scully's limbs and allowing them to fall back onto the mattress, barely flinches when the shot is administered. What the f- He flops down next to Scully, on his back, and drops off to sleep. Frohickey, Langley, and Byers stand side by side at the foot of the bed, with arms crossed, staring down at their friends. What now, asks Byers. We let them sleep, says Suzanne. They'll be fine in the morning. Frohickey frowns in concern. Are you sure we should leave them alone? We'll lock the door behind us, says Langley. They're just sleeping. What can happen? Frohickey lingers a few moments longer, silently talking himself out of his concern until his friends urge him out of the room. Sweet dreams, guys, he whispers, hitting the lights on the way out. Scully is having that dream again, the one where they're going over a case file and sharing a bottle of wine on his worn leather couch. And when she turns to say something to Mulder, he kisses her and lowers her down onto her back and unbuttons her blouse and runs his tongue over that spot on her stomach that makes her gasp except that she can never seem to get past the point where he slips off her purple satin bra, no matter how hard she tries. It isn't fair. If she can't even get past the foreplay in her dreams, how are they ever going to get anywhere for real? Something rouses her. Her eyes edge open slowly and she winces at the light pouring in through the windows across from the bed. Not her bed. She closes her eyes again. Listening to the steady drone of an air conditioner, which hotel are they in now and why is she sleeping naked? 
she's always careful to bring pajamas on the road with her. There is something very warm pressed against her bare back. Her brows furrow as she searches her brain past the insistent thrum of a nagging headache. Very slowly, with aching precision, she rolls over and turns her head to the side, opening her eyes. And that's exactly when she stops breathing. Okay, clearly she is still dreaming. She huffs out a tiny laugh and blinks long and slow. And he's still there. Flat on his back, smooth, toned chest rising and falling steadily in a slumber. One long arm flung over his abdomen. And completely naked from the waist up. She swallows slowly and with expert stealth, lifts just the corner of the sheet to peer beneath it. Sweet baby Jesus, and naked from the waist down too. She slams her eyes closed, then reopens just one, then the other, and glances down between the sheets again. Oh my. He stirs a fraction and she drops the sheet like it's on fire. She holds her breath as he settles again with a blissful sigh. Then she releases the air in her lungs. Okay, think. Just think. She pulls up onto her elbows and surveys the room with the eye of a trained investigator. A desperately hung-over trained investigator who has just woken up naked beside her partner in... Where the hell are they again? Her surroundings look familiar to a point. She vaguely recalls checking in, and that is definitely her suitcase sitting on the floor over there. That's her jacket draped over the chair and her purse next to it. That's her cell phone on the nightstand and her leather badge. That's her... Oh, God. That's her pair of cotton pale blue panties on the carpet next to a pair of black boxers that are definitely not hers. She leans over the edge of the bed slightly to follow an entire trail of clothing that appears to go around the perimeter of the king-size bed. The comforter is in a fitful ball on the floor, and the bottom sheet is pulled off the mattress at the corner. With a groan, she falls back onto the pillow and flings an arm over her eyes. The movement of the bed stirs her partner again, but this time, his eyes blink sleepily before drifting open. She pulls the sheet up tightly under her bare breasts and watches him warily as he regains consciousness in slow stages. His facial expressions mimic hers just moments ago, Cycling through, why does my head feel like this, to where the hell am I, to, oh, hey, there's Scully, to, oh. He pulls up in the bed a little until the sheet stops at the top of his hips, and they regard one another sheepishly. His eyes lower to where the she is pulled across her breasts. Then he lifts the edge resting over his lower half and glances down before slamming the covers back down quickly. She watches his Adam's apple bob. Uh... What? Um, he clears his throat. I don't know. He looks around the room, absorbing. Scully, um, did... I don't know, she echoes. I can't remember a thing. He closes his mouth and nods thoughtfully, his brain obviously trying to process their predicament. When he looks her way again, there's concern in his eyes. Are you all right? The muscles in her shoulders relax a bit and she pauses before answering, doing a brief assessment of herself. Yeah, she says quietly. I'm, I'm fine, I think, other than a bit of a headache. I have one too. Did we drink something? A lot of something? She shakes her head weakly. I don't think so. It feels different than a hangover. Where are we? My hotel room, she replies, 
I'm fairly certain of that, but I'm not sure how we got here. What's the last thing you remember? She shakes her head, her eyes searching the ceiling in frustration. I, I don't know. I remember doing an autopsy with Langley, and then it gets sketchy after that. Suddenly, he looks like someone switched a light bulb on in his head. You were in the casino bar last night. Frohiki and I saw you. You, you were with a bunch of guys and you were acting all weird. We dragged you out of there. She looks at him dubiously. Mulder, that's ridiculous. I was not in a bar with a bunch of strange men. I would never. I saw you, Scully, he says sympathetically. You weren't acting like yourself. I'd never seen you like that. Her arms cross over her chest. Well, what about you then? What the hell happened to you? I think we were both drugged. I have no idea with what or by whom, but that's my best guess. She bites her bottom lip and her eyes travel down his chest shyly, then glance off him. Okay, but what about... She makes a quick back and forth motion between them with her hands and looks away. You mean, did we? Yes. I wish I knew. He clears his throat again. Can you, uh, is there any chance you can tell? Her cheeks color and she huffs out an uncomfortable breath. She blinks for a long beat and he adverts his eyes as she slips a hand slowly down beneath the covers between her thighs. Oh God, does that feel like, oh God. She knows what she feels like and the slickness on her fingers is more than just her. She entertains a split-second thought about the fact that she is almost certainly rubbing Mulder's ejaculate between her fingers, and then draws a sharp breath and brings her hand back up, unable to make eye contact with him. Well, she gives a half-nod, with her eyes closed, her cheeks blazing. I'm pretty sure. Yes. The room falls into heavy silence as they both let that sink in. She keeps her eyes trained on her covered lap, but is acutely aware of him watching her. Scully, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't think I would have. His voice falls off with an exasperated sigh. She looks over at him, a bit taken aback by his reaction. Mulder, the thought never crossed my mind. She shakes her head slowly. No, whatever happened, I'm pretty sure it was consensual. The relief in his breath is released and audible. I don't believe this, he says after a long minute. Then he cracks a laugh and she has to look his way, her brows raised. I don't see what's so funny, she says stiffly. He laughs again, shaking his head. How can you not, Scully? This is just so, just so on par for the course. Naturally, the one time we actually have sex, we're drugged out of our minds and can't remember a fucking thing. With our luck, why should we expect anything different? She doesn't say anything, just sits with her arms wrapped around herself, gradually becoming acutely aware of the tenderness between her thighs. She isn't surprised. After having gone that long without, she's bound to feel it. She just wishes she had felt it last night, too. And what does he mean by the one time we actually have sex? When did he start thinking about them having sex? And where were they doing something else that was a little bit like having sex but not actually having sex? And what do they do now? Pretend it didn't happen because they don't remember it. But it did happen. And now... Every time she looks at Mulder, she is going to be wondering what his face looked like when he... So what do we do now, he asks, echoing her thoughts perfectly because they do that. I don't know, she admits. 
She has possibly never said, I don't know, more in her entire life. You know, as a man, you have to expect that somewhere along the line, there's a chance you may eventually fail to impress a woman in bed. Not that that has happened to me so far, mind you, he chuckles. But you don't really prepare for the time when you sleep with a woman, and she doesn't remember a damn thing. Okay, now she's starting to get a little pissed off. Neither of us remembers Mulder, she snaps. We obviously can't be held accountable for what happened. And I'm not just any woman that you happen to sleep with. You're taking your frustration out on me, and I'm a victim here too. She shifts hastily on the mattress. The sheet over her breast slips and she catches it, but not before he gets a split-second eyeful. I'm sorry, Scully, he says. And by his softened tone, he means it. And no, you're not just any woman. And that's what makes this even worse. I just wanted... He shakes his head and lets his thoughts go unfinished. She looks up at him, feeling their conversation shifting towards something weightier. What? What did you want? Nothing, he says quietly. Then, after another lengthy pause, You're sure you're okay? She forces a weak smile and a half-hearted nod, then winces a bit at what is now a throb between her legs. I'm fine. He doesn't miss it and his reaction is pained. Jesus, Scully, I'm sorry. By the look on your face, I couldn't have been very careful last night. Stop saying you're sorry. I'll be fine. Her hand glances off his sheet-covered leg briefly, expressing her appreciation for the apology, but he didn't need to give it. Shifting higher against the pillows, she prepares to configure her way out of the bed and into the bathroom modestly. I think all I need is a hot shower. She finds him staring at her collarbone with a perplexed expression that slowly fades into recognition and then mild anguish. Oh, geez, he swallows with a grimace. What? Her hand goes to her neck, eyes full of alarm. What is it? What's wrong? Don't freak out on me when you look in the mirror, Scully. I don't remember doing it. Her eyes widen and she scrambles for her purse, which is sitting on the cushioned chair next to the bed. She pulls a compact mirror from her makeup case and flips it open. Then she gasps. Oh, God. Out of the corner of her eye, she sees him sink lower into the bed. There's a ring of randomly placed, angry-looking marks along her collarbone and up one side of her neck to her earlobe. Purplish-red in color, they are the exact shade of a mouth. Not just any mouth, either. A couple appear to also have unmistakable bite marks in the very center of the ring. Jesus, Mulder, are those what I think they are? He looks at her sheepishly. Is there any chance you had some kind of unusual neck injury before last night, Scully? Her fingers rub at the marks as she tilts a small mirror to see them all. She can count at least seven noticeable marks. Hickeys. It looks like I was attacked by a blood-sucking vampire, Mulder. I don't believe this. They're not that bad, he lies quietly. She tosses him an eyebrow. Are you kidding me? There isn't enough makeup in the world to hide these. I'm sorry, Scully. It's going to take at least a week for them to fade. I said I was sorry, but you kept pulling my head down. Her fingers freeze on her throat, and when she swivels her head to look at him, his mouth is hanging open slightly. What did you just say? What? About me pulling your head down. I thought you didn't remember. I don't, he sighs. I don't remember anything. It's like snapshots. Like just glimpses. Well, do you or don't you? 
He sits up and puts his head down in his hands. I, I don't know. I didn't until I saw the marks. It triggered something in my brain. What do you remember? She asked fearfully. I don't know. I, I can see. He sighs again. See what she prompts. He shakes his head. See what, Mulder? He faces her head on then, his voice raised a little. Us, okay? I can see us. Me on top of you and where, you know. His eyes close in another low sigh. Your head was down there. He points haphazardly to the bottom of the bed, where the sheets are a huge mess. She waits, stunned into temporary silence. He sits with his head in his hands, not moving. Is that all you remember? She asks softly. He blinks painfully. I, I don't know, Scully. Stop saying you don't know, Mulder. Try. He works his bottom lip and shakes his head, eyes searching the ceiling. It's like a weird dream. I think we were, it was, he scrunches his forehead and hesitates. What, Mulder? It was what? Rough. It was sort of rough. I was behind you. I thought you said you were on top of me. She can't look at him. This is entirely too much. Both. Part of it I was on top, but you were on top too, and then you were on your hands and knees. Oh, God, she whispers. Do you remember any of it at all, he asks, staring down at his ringing hands. She clenches her eyes shut and sees flickers of light, the swirl pattern on the ceiling, the feather of his hair on her collarbone, the weight of him pressing her down her nails scratching his back, his palms under her bottom, squeezing, his wet mouth between her legs. Oh, God. Nails again. His flesh. Oh, my God. Mulder, turn around. What? Why? She thumbs the edge of his ribcage gently, coaxing his back off the pillows. He rotates halfway around a face away from her. Oh, Jesus, she cries out. Scully, what? What is it? Her eyes slam shut. You're back. When she finally summons the courage to look at him, his arm is jackknifed at an awkward angle, reaching to run his fingers over the welts and scratches. I did that to you, she whispers incredulously, with her hand over her mouth. He shakes his head. It doesn't hurt. I wouldn't have known unless you said something. Oh, God, what did we do to each other last night? He chuffs a little, apparently quite a lot. She bites her lip in utter embarrassment. I think you said some things to me, Scully, his eyes widen in recognition, like they are coming back to him. Some pretty naughty things. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. No, I... Oh, fuck. Her hand flies to her mouth again. That word was in there, yes, if I'm not mistaken, he teases gently. But at the time, it was more of a command than an expletive. She whimpers into her palm, her eyes growing wider as tiny, disjointed flickers invade her memory. Yes, oh God, harder, Mulder. Yeah, like that. Fuck me harder. Make me come. Oh God, don't stop. Fuck me, Mulder. Oh Jesus, she might be sick. You're remembering, aren't you? She shakes her head. No, no, that can't be what I said, she whispered in terrified disbelief. He's still wearing a stunned and bewildered smile, 
looking at her like it's the first time he's ever laid eyes on her. Scully, you were crazy. You were, you were amazing, like completely uninhibited. God, Scully, you were, you were. He shakes his head in awe at a loss for words, and she wishes she could crawl underneath the bed and hide for a year. Mulder, maybe that isn't what happened at all. If we were drugged, maybe our memories are playing tricks on us. For someone who always insists on following the empirical evidence, Scully, I think you're ignoring the breadcrumbs. How do you explain the marks on your neck if I didn't put them there? Or the scratches on my back? Now she's the one wringing her hands. How do we know any of those things happened during sex, though? We have no idea what happened to us last night. We were both clearly incapacitated. He smiles and there's a vague amusement in his eyes. Okay, but you said yourself that you were pretty certain you'd had intercourse. I mean, I'm not a woman, obviously. I don't know exactly how you can tell that, but I'm sure of a few guesses. Her eyes close and she bites her lip, heat rushing to her face again. Do you or do you not think you had sex last night, Scully? She emits a long sigh, eyes still closed, and nods. Okay, then, he pauses. And for the record, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm pretty sure I did too. Now she winces and lifts her head, eyeing him very cautiously. He looks chagrined, almost apologetic as he raises his hand close to his face. I, uh, can smell. Oh, God, she cries out, thrusting a pillow into her face to keep from having to look at him. This can't be happening. But the sound of his quiet chuckle tells her it is. It is happening. He just implied that he can smell her on his hand. And this is officially the most humiliating morning after ever. It's nothing to be embarrassed about, Scully. Men are instinctively designed to be aroused by the smell of a woman. She watches him raise his hand to his face again. Not lewdly, more analytically. Yours is actually subtle. Not very strong. More like, stop talking about it. She presses her fingers to her ears just like a child. Just, just can we not, please? He chuckles quietly and shakes his head. Then with a bit less concern for being naked than she might have predicted, he slides off the edge of the bed and finds his boxer shorts on the floor. She watches his back slide discreetly while he pulls them on and has about the 50th holy shit moment since opening her eyes about half an hour ago. He retrieves a chilled bottle of water from the minibar and presses it into her hand. She tries to appear grateful. He's standing there at the end of the bed, shirtless and rumpled, watching her drink. And if she didn't know better, she'd describe his expression as sated. She's the one drinking, and he's the one who looks quenched. She wipes her mouth on the back of her hand and averts her eyes. You're staring, Mulder. You just look different. He angles his head a little. You look beautiful. Mulder, she huffs. You're still disoriented. I'm sure I look a mess. His eyes scan up and down, her sheet-covered form, and her cheeks burn as she crosses her arms more tightly to keep covered. When she's finally brave enough to meet his gaze, his eyes are narrowed slightly. Were we eating in bed last night, he asks. I don't think so. Why? He touches his chest absently while staring at hers. What is that? 
What is what? Where? There. Right above your sheet. By your... By your... It looks like you spilled something on yourself. Her hand goes to her skin just above her breasts and touches something. A film, partly tacky, partly flaky. It's under her fingernails now and she inspects the mysterious substance diligently. Oh, shit, he mutters. What? She recoils from her hand and looks at him. What's the matter? He doesn't reply. He doesn't even nod. Just stands there. You're remembering again, aren't you? She asks accusingly. He swallows and stares like a rabbit caught in a trap. He looks almost ready to chew his own leg off and run. Mulder, so help me God if you don't tell me what this is right now. Do I have to? And then, just like before, her memory catches up to his, chasing her like a tornado, and she sees it. No, she whimpers. You told me to, Scully, I swear. It wasn't my idea. Her hand slips under the sheet to touch her bare breasts, and she draws a quick breath. It feels tight on her skin like glue that's starting to harden, but not entirely. Her eyes slam shut, trying to run from the memory of him above her. His face twisted in anguished pleasure, his mouth open in a slight cry. Then her voice as she pushes on his chest, trying to dislodge him from her body at the last second. Pull out, pull out. I want to feel it on me, Mulder. Come on me. Her sweaty bottom sliding against the bedspread, his anxious expression as he scrambles to his knees and leans over her, his shoulders slumping forward slightly, his hand gripping himself, his penis shiny and slick from her, sliding through his hand, pumping and groaning as he empties himself all over her, warm splotches blanketing her breasts and belly dripping down her ribcage, the musky scent running her fingers through it, spreading it around, playing in it. She played in it. She begged Mulder to come on her breasts, and then she played in it. Oh, God. She's struggling out of bed now, yanking the sheet around her. No, 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 no. The sheet catches on something and slithers off her, and she keeps moving, completely naked now, clamoring towards the bathroom. Scully, wait. Scully, come on. It's not that bad. She slams the bathroom door closed and presses the lock, then slides her back down against the door to sit on the floor, knees to her chest, her stomach rolls, and she holds her aching head in her hands. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod as a patron you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month thank you for listening and remember the stories are out there